Thanks, Good man. Good on life. Let me check for life. We can't be any. We're live. All right, we're good to go. Angelo, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. We're joined this evening. We've got our special guest, the guru of Go, um, the king of finance, uh, Mark Conway with us. Yep. And uh, we're going to be touching on no loan for you or yes loan for you. Mark, can you hear us there? Yes, I can hear you. Thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Um, I guess right now a lot of a lot of people are wondering what's going on not only in the world of real estate but the world of finance and um, you know we we are seeing phenomenal buying opportunities out there but um, as somebody who's maybe thinking this is a great time for me to take advantage of uh, of a property market um, obviously the first steps are talking to to, to someone professional like you um, can you give us a, just a quick, maybe a two minute wrap of, of how the last eight weeks have been in the world of finance for you? Sure, yes I can. So the last eight weeks have been challenging to say the least, uh, primarily from the borrower's perspective, depending on what industry they work in. Yep. So people in hospitality, travel, tourism, uh, you know, parts of, of public service that might have closed down. So a lot of people's income are affected. And the JobKeeper payment is not enough to service a loan, even though some banks will use it. Because even though you get $1,500 a fortnight, that's gross, and you get taxed on that as well. You can literally borrow, you know, 100, 200,000 based on that kind of an income level. So people's jobs and what's happening in the industry that they work in are the biggest catalyst that I'm seeing at the moment, coupled with people with businesses. So all the self-employed people out there at the moment, and then the bank's asking for your most recent pass as well. So even if you've had a slight downturn, the banks are now looking at it from a worst case perspective. So this is the hardest landscape we've ever seen. Yeah, now, man. some banks are doing repayment holidays, extending interest-only periods. So they're doing their best to help out, but they're also making sure that they're trying to lend responsibly, which is tough as we're only two months into this pandemic. And we're not seeing a lot of, uh, especially a lot of the first home buyers at the moment that are still looking. It doesn't seem that there's been too many that are, that are struggling to get loans from what we see. Um, they are. And also, the first home buyer scheme is nearly full. So the major banks are full. A lot of the mortgage managers and second tier banks have got an allocation of spaces, and those spaces are now take, have been taken up. So there's a lot of people out there that didn't have money for stamp duty, maybe had a 5% deposit earned 50 to 100 grand a year were a good candidate for a home loan but those first home buyer spaces are now taken up okay so very talented. Is, that, is that to do with the five percent um stand that, that they're actually helping out at the moment with the um because i know with nab and combank from what i hear they're, they're the ones that are they're mainly helping out is that right well that's they're the one they're the only two major banks that were on the panel the rest of the banks are quite small and a lot of people haven't heard of them so those smaller banks were taking two and three months to get into the application queue because you needed to be allocated a space for the first the first um, first home buyer scheme. Now all those spaces are taken up, so now we need to revisit this next year for some people as well. Yeah, nice, nice. Okay, okay. Yeah. So look, um, if I can ask it this way, Mark, if I, if I'm a first home buyer and I'm coming in now to to buy a property, a new property, uh, not a new property, but my first home. Um, I want to borrow five hundred thousand. Um, what does the bank want want to see from me? What do they What do they want me to look like in their eyes? What What do I need yeah. to 
have for them. That's assuming that you can't take advantage of the scheme because the spots are all taken. That yep. means you can do a 95% loan, but the mortgage insurance is on top of that as well. So your base loan is around 92 or 93%, which means instead of a 5% deposit, now you need a 7 or an 8 or a 9% deposit to get into the market. So that's a mortgage insured loan. Yep. You still need to service the 95% that you were looking at in the first place as well. So to borrow for $450,000, $500,000 a year um, for the home, you still need to show income of around eighty or 90000 you can borrow at five to five point five times income comfortably. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's and with, with commercial, I mean, Michael had a question in regards to he he found out he um uh, or he's informed by a client that some lenders are offering commercial loans at cheaper rates, um, on cheaper rates and even some residential loans. So have you have you noticed anything like that at all? So no, I've never seen a commercial rate cheaper than a residential rate. The cheapest residential rate is two point zero nine percent. Wow. That's right, 2.09. The cheapest commercial rate is 35 to 4%. Okay. So there's a big gap. Commercial loans are always priced on the, on the loan-to-value ratio as well. And they're a, it's a, a, much, a much bigger and a different animal to residential lending. And, and what are you finding at the moment? Because, I mean, uh, we're, we've realised in the last year they have taken their the handcuffs sort of off where, um, you know, how tough it was, I guess, in 2018. Um to yet at the moment, I mean, we are finding a lot of people out there at the moment, a little bit finding it a little bit easier to secure loans than what it is. I mean, we only see what who are finance approved and a lot of the buyers that are at yeah. the moment are, are there. What are you seeing behind the scenes? I mean, out of, let's say, at your, your 10 applications that you might put forth for, uh, what's your average? I mean, are you getting um, three quarters of them across the line? Like, what, what are you seeing out there? So, so I'm getting probably about 95 to 98% of my loans approved at the moment. Um, the reason why we're still quite high with our conversion ratio is we're strategizing and planning quite far ahead. We always make sure that we collect everything that the bank wants and even a few things that they might ask for. And if someone's self-employed or in a risk industry at the moment, we're having a lot of preliminary discussions before we get to the application stage. So we're not yeah. going in blind, we're well prepared. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mark, can I ask you, if I am a first home buyer, I, um, was fortunate enough that the last this this economic environment for the last kind of eight weeks did not affect me. I'm still uh, earning the same income I was. I've got a 10% deposit. Um, have, have my chances improved or, or they're tighter on me still? So every bank has a list of COVID-19 questions and the person who puts the application together, whether it be the mortgage broker or direct in the bank, you have to answer those questions. Now, some of those questions are quite common sense based. If my payslip from the, my current job was issued within a week and the income is exactly the same as it was two or three months ago, logic would dictate that I'm unaffected. But some banks will re still require a letter from the employer to say that over the next duration, three to six to nine months, that that current situation won't change. Okay. So there's a little bit more scrutiny around it, which is why when someone comes to us for a loan, we always make sure we ask enough questions. That way we're well prepared for what the bank's going to ask for because there are a lot of common sense questions and then there are just a lot of box ticking questions that the bank is forced to ask. Yeah, got you. And are you seeing a lot of uh, first-home buyers will take advantage of this, uh, the 5% the at the moment? Uh, so in our business, not as many, but I've, I have heard in the market that there are quite a few people taking advantage of that, that scheme. 
Um, I find sometimes those people uh, think that they can get into the market, but their income just isn't strong enough. Yep, yep. So even though the government's going to guarantee that extra 15%, so you don't have to pay mortgage insurance on 50 or $60,000 a year, you're a little tiny bit short of becoming a homeowner unless you've got a huge deposit. Yeah. So there's a lot of income-based questions as well as cash to, and what strategy we're asking for for the actual application itself. Okay. So, um, sorry if I got it wrong, Mark. So basically you're saying that part of the criteria is also forecasting what the income's going to be. Is that right? Did I understand that right? Maybe I didn't. No, as in uh, at the moment, if you've got a, you know, to get into the home market, you need to earn... 80, 90, 100,000 a year. That's your first stepping stone to get into the market because especially in the Northern Beaches, the cheapest property is probably 600,000, maybe something with a five in front of it. Yeah. And generally those people have got a five or a 10% deposit, which ballpark is your 450 to 550 loan. Now to service that kind of a loan, you need a minimum income to get across the line. So even though these people are being sold the dream of uh, you only need 5% to get into the market, they're not being told in advance, by the way, we need to check your income before you start to get uh, excited about this potential purchase. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Sorry, I had a question um, now. It's totally slipped my mind. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. It's all right. Well, it's, it's good that, you know, I think the, the motivation at the moment out there as well as well, we're, we've noticed a massive amount. The reason that it's more around first home buyers is, um, I mean, being in DY with the amount of units here as well, but we're finding most of the people had that cut off at 700,000 and the reason being is to because they've been going down that sort of path where yeah. they have to they, they had their approvals through either NOV or or um or comment or combank um, but, but I mean uh, overall it's it, I mean it's a it's a good incentive itself out there but I think it's uh we're finding you know that there's there's good values in the properties around that 750 to 800,000 yeah. if someone can not go through right. that. and what these people need to do is they need to start to plan ahead but they need to understand where do they sit at the moment and what can we do in the next three to four months to get them to maybe a better property if they're a little bit short at the moment. So now some of those properties that were unaffordable or unattainable for a first home buyer six to 12 months ago, now they're on the market. And you are correct around DY, there's obviously lots of value for money properties and people just need to plan that little bit more ahead just to see if they're a candidate to get into the market. I think that's great advice. I think that's 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 fantastic. Like even if today it might be a little bit tough, speak to somebody like you, Mark, and say, look, what do I need to be, what do I need to do over the next three months to be in a position? Because honestly, the property market, even on our side, um, the media is telling you one message. Yeah, look, we've seen more buyers out over the weekends, but um, where's it going to go? It's it's still probably going to be a great environment to buy in the next you know three months as well. Exactly. And now you need just a little bit more time to prepare. Your application yep. used to take one or two or three days and now can take one or two or three weeks, depending yep. on where you go. So now you need to get all your ducks in an order, get it well in advance, uh, get a fully assessed pre-approval, not just a system-generated approval, which doesn't mean anything. Make sure yep. you're risk-free ready. So when you when customers talk to you, they can actually make a firm offer. Yeah. yeah now, cool. um, a, a question I've been thinking about, and this is um, this is now just for other going through COVID-19, and we're, we're getting back into things. Now, I think at the moment where we're starting to see a lot of speculation is where the market's sort of heading in regards to prices. And uh, a lot of that is because of getting money from banks. Yes. Now, let's say you're in the situation where for the last three, four, well, last two months, but let's say 
you're still out of out of a job and you're probably not getting back into workforce for another month or two what's going to be required do you think i mean getting a loan approved because i know that um a job seeker and job keepers and all that the banks from what i've heard are not using that as part of uh uh, part of getting getting your loans approved or you, you almost have to start again. Do you have to sit through another entire year now before you and look at relook at getting a property after the next financial year? So that's a very interesting question that one because a lot of those people that are now out of work, if they have to start work again in a new job, they're not going to pass the three to the six months minimum employment to, to, to get a loan. So that's all about um, making sure that it's as, as less risky as possible and just trying to plan that little bit further ahead because when they start this new job they could very well be on probation as well for six months so these people need to really if they're out of work and they've got something coming up we might need an employment letter to say that they're not on probation and we might need at least three or four months before we can even consider putting an application in that's because we don't know how the banks are going to treat an application in september october november this year but uh, let's say you've you've put you've stood down from work and you're able to go back to uh, again obviously if, if when you talk about probation does it come down to uh, I mean if let's say your employer takes you back and you continue your, your old job um, yeah, that, the, that would be fine so if we can show consistency and the same with income then we'll get over any hurdles that the bank can throw at us. Okay. Good. Yeah, good. I had a question as well, Mark. So um, if I have been working, I had prior to this, um, this COVID-19 situation, and then I went onto this, um, sorry, the uh, this assisted income, sorry, you know, yeah, job keeper. And now yeah. I've come back to work and I'm, I'm back into a routine and the income's the same. Is that period that I've been on the job keeper is that viewed as is that viewed in any way by the banks? Is that going to affect my ability to get a loan or um... not really? Because they're not discriminating against people that were stood down, which is not their own fault. If they go back into the same line of work and the same income, yeah. you would stand a very good chance of still securing the same loan because you should you'd be able to show consistency. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, and that's all the bank wants to see is, are you consistently employed at the same income levels that we would like to use for your service the loan? Done. And someone that's been in the game for a while, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts out there? What are you seeing? Um, I mean, obviously the, the industry's changed uh, in somewhat ways. Um, I mean, we feel in a way it's been, uh, I wouldn't say sort of, it definitely was not normal, but um, uh, normal is definitely not the word to use. But in regards to like, we still had a bit of consistency where, yeah, there might have been a couple of weeks where we, we had a lack of um, activity because of the minute COVID-19 and a lot of the closures happened. But then mm. everything started to tick over and um, the prices shifted a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, every, a lot of properties were selling and everything was still um, still moving along. What are you noticing on, your, on the finance side? Are, are you noticing like the same amount of transactions or less or? So we're doing quite a lot of refinancing at the moment. Um, you know, money's cheap. A lot of people are coming off a fixed rate that they got in 2017, 2018, when a 4% or a 4.2% was a very good deal. A lot of those people now that are still gainfully employed and haven't had an income drop are able to take advantage of that. So, and a lot of our clients as well are not affected. Um, if I have to be brutally honest, I haven't had a lot of people that are affected by COVID-19 yet. And if I, and if we have, those applications were on hold just for the time being until we can sort out their income to make sure that we're 
not putting them in a bad situation in the, in the foreseeable future. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Where are you seeing rates? Where, where are you seeing, well, what do you see in the future? I mean, we've spoken to others are saying, I mean, uh, there, there, there's a bit more room as well in regards to possibly pop popping down over the next couple of months. I, mean, well, I don't what, think we're going to see any more rate cuts. Yep. The Reserve Bank governor said he's not a fan of a 0% cash rate. Yep. There's a gulf in the difference between a fixed rate and a variable at the moment. Um, I think that we will see rates increase soon as banks blame costs of wholesale funding and challenges in the workforce inside the bank to keep not only the um, you know, people's extension on interest only loans happening, the small business funding that the banks are doing as well, um, from you know uh, the repayment holidays, these are all taking quite a lot of staff in the bank's time. I foresee that there will be some small, very incremental rate increases coming up. I know ANZ lowered some fixed rates but increased a few of the other ones today, as an example, okay. um, just to do a little bit of balancing of their loan book. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mark, can I ask, I don't know, I don't know how to word this correctly, but is there, a, is, you see obviously a lot of different applications from a lot of different people in, in a lot of different situations. Um, do you see, is, is there any maybe dem, any demographic or any, any kind of um, percentage in the marketplace that right now it's offering really good value? Like, is this a great time to refinance? Is this a good time that if I'm equity rich to look at, at, at doing something differently there? Um, first home buyers, I know we've kind of touched on a little bit. Um, is, there, is there something that you can see in today's market that might not have presented itself as a benefit to somebody maybe say pre, pre all this kind of activity? Yeah, I think that the refinancing is a big one at the moment. Uh, for people that have still got strong income, they can secure rates that they haven't seen for a while. Um, I think that there's a little bit of risk in the purchasing environment, but when you're well prepared and you can make a strong offer for a property and you can talk to a real estate agent and give them your honest best offer, I think that that's a little bit different than before because now you're not up against so many purchases. Yeah, right. So you might be able to secure the property that you really wanted rather than missing out to five or six other people and having your offer shopped around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Cool, okay. And I think I, I think I'm out of out of questions, Ange. What about you? Yeah, no, it's so uh, just yeah, sorry, mate. Go for it, go for it. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. Just to recap, so if I'm going for a loan of say seven hundred thousand, I need to have a ten percent deposit. Ideally, that would be great. Ideally, because uh, that would be I'm, a ninety percent loan plus mortgage insurance, which would take you to ninety two, ninety three percent. So a little yeah. bit under that maximum, the ninety five. Banks don't really want to see 95% loans if they can avoid it because that's the highest risk category you can be in. Gotcha. Okay. So 10, so hopefully a little bit more than your 10% deposit. Yeah. Um, still a, a steady stream of, of employment or income. That's right. No massive expenditure as well. So making sure that your bank statements look as, as clean as possible. Yeah. Okay. So basically, on your expenses. And if you're meeting those criteria, the, the, uh, the, the chance of getting your approvals for what you're, you're hopefully going for should, should be pretty good. Is that right? It should be pretty good, yeah, with a well-structured application and making sure we've got enough time, yeah. you should stand a good chance of getting an approval. And our advice into anybody who's who's found it a bit tougher, you know, that, like Angelo said, that's lost maybe employment for a short period that are coming in, basically come and speak to, speak to yourself. That's right. Say, Let's develop a plan. Sorry, can you hear me, Mark? Sorry, yeah, Mark. I can hear you, yep. So I was just saying, and, and for somebody that might have lost their job or they're in a tougher spot employment-wise, um, 
would it be right to say, look, come and speak to you and say, look, let's develop a plan. And so although we might not be in a position today, let's work to be in a position in, you know, three months' in, time. In three or four months, months' time, time, right, because we're all, uh, Sydney's opening up at the moment, so this thing won't last forever. Now it's a good time to plan ahead. Yep, yep. Yeah, cool. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Thanks, for, uh, thanks for jumping on board tonight. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Marky, so uh, Mark's um, a long... Uh, a long financial he used to work with us actually for quite a few years out of our out of our office here and uh he's, he's looked after a lot of uh a lot of our loans and uh, we had to cut quite a few off uh, off the plan developments over the years and yeah uh, there was quite a few people and a lot of strife and um mark came to the rescue for a few of those uh quite a few of them actually so um yeah, yeah he's uh he's a man to talk man to. to talk to man that's to right to. mark thank you thanks for joining us love your jacket as well thank you very much you're looking Done. very sharp <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. See you, Good evening. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Good night. Mark. I think that's it, Ange. It sure is. Guys, thanks for joining us, Thank and um, we'll catch you soon. Yeah. Thank you.